Hey, I'm Alec, and this is Lunchbox Radio, Sunday edition, and let's talk about manga. So everybody always wonders about, like, what, what, what's the difference between, you know, active, what, what I constantly refer to as active entertainment and passive entertainment. And I've, I've learned this a long time ago in my many, you know, leaping across the internetness in in an attempt to kind of quantify how I feel about the difference between reading a manga of a story and watching an anime of a story. And what I've kind of come to, what I came to understand and what is understandable is an act, active form of entertainment is something like reading, is something like playing a video game. You don't just look at the thing and the thing entertains you. Passive or listen or pass or listen to something and this thing entertains you. Passive entertainment is entertainment that requires like one action to start the entertainment. Say like a YouTube video, an episode of anime, a movie, a podcast, a song. But active entertainment is valuable for a bunch of different reasons. And I'm starting this this way because I want to like introduce this idea and then take you through the positives and negatives of it as it relates to just reading manga and why we should probably all read manga more than we do, but it's also fine if you don't want to. It, there's a real, and it has, it kind of cuts along the same lines a little as the sub-dub argument, there's a real, you can get a real feeling in the anime fandom world that the more cultured among us are not watching the dubs of shows, not watching the, like, what they call a simul-dub, but which is really a couple weeks after the episode comes out, they, if it's, if the show's popular enough, they'll dub it into English, like, and it gets to be, like, a week long gap that may, that they hopefully maintain through the entire show. But there there so there's the people who like me like to watch dub because we like to be doing other things. We like to be scrolling social media. We like to we like to maximize the brain rot, basically. Um or in my case, I like to draw and watch anime. But the more enlightened among us are not only watching the sub the original subtitles simul simulcast of a show, but they have probably also read the manga of a show, and that and that leads to them having a lot of different thoughts, knowing things are going to happen before they happen. It also leads to their usual disapproval of an adaptation, say something. Like Full Metal Alchemist, not Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, just straight 2004 Full Metal Alchemist. It had to, f- it had to finish off its run without the end of the manga, so it came up with an anime original ending. If you've ever seen that show, and you're like, wh- why, why did they make a Brotherhood? Or if you've ever seen Brotherhood and you've wondered in the reverse. That's why. Like, they did not have the end of that show yet planned out because there was, the manga hadn't caught, 
the anime at some point, I'd imagine this, caught up to the manga. And when that happens, you get this kind of problem. And this problem used to happen a lot more in the days of, in the heady days of 2004. But what ha what would happen is you had this moment where you either had to do filler, which is what shows like Dragon Ball Z, what shows like Bleach, what famously Bleach actually, what shows like Naruto would do, which is they, ha or even today, Boruto, like most of Boruto is filler. <laughs> it's wild. And that arose from less of a seasonal style of anime, especially in shonen anime, and rose and more of a weekly, what they call weekly style. Like, there are still technically seasons of Naruto, but, like, they go all the way up to season 30 fucking 4, because that's not the way it was structured. It was structured with, in, like, an arc structure, and it would go week to week every week until it was done. And part of the reason why you get shonen anime like My Hero or like Jujutsu Kaisen in these big hyped up seasons now is because they want to give the manga a chance to finish. So by the time that they get to the end of the actual story, the manga end has already happened so they can just like go all the way with it. They can just do a full adaptation instead of these like part original, part adaptation hodgepodges that would happen in something like Naruto or Bleach. Bleach famously had so much filler in it that many people say, just don't watch past the Rukia Rescue Soul Society arc. Like, just don't do that to yourself. It's insane. And what Bleach's hiatus before South New Year's Blood World was all about is just the thing declined in popularity, ultimately, because there was too much filler in it. But where you avoid filler, for good and for bad, is in the form of manga. Manga is... I'm not going to explain to you what manga is. You've, you, you've, been, you've been around the bend if you're, listening, if you're listening to, or by the way, watching this. Yes, you can watch this as a YouTube video now. You can, I will put a link in the description and if you are a podcast, if you are a podcast listener, I will put a link in the description of this episode. But if you are a YouTube watcher, first, hello, you're not going to be seeing me, much of me in this actual video, but you will be able to subscribe to the podcast in the uh, in the description of the video as well as you know, ring the bell, subscribe comment, all that fun jazz. But what I'm trying to say here is that manga is by necessity because it is a form of, it is Japanese comic books. And really that's the distinction. It is comic books from Japan. Like there are, there are American, there are American style manga. Back when I was, back when I was an uh, odling in the anime in firmly inside of the anime bubble at its height they were releasing things like i you may see a couple things like marvel's runaways which was very heavily anime inspired you would see things like 
Total Drama Con, which is a like which is a manga about anime convention culture. It's all it's about. It's wild. And it's from anime it's about anime convention culture like in the early two thousands, which is even more wild. And in like the era of glomping. But these things, they you know they are pub they're they're published work. They are they are big long form stories. And oftentimes if you if the big thing I will say is if you're not reading manga, you're missing out on a fair amount of stories because there's all kinds of manga that just won't get adapted. And the reason why is twofold. First off, like they're not super it's lots of times it's not super commercially viable. Actually three threefold. Second, they don't they they've been adapted before way earlier. So for example, if you've ever read Ocean Bow and you're like, this would be a funny anime, yeah it would. And it was in like the eighties. They they made an Ocean Bow anime, you can go find it. It's harder than it should be to track down, but it exists. And the last part is is that with each level of participation required of a form of entertainment, you get more and more niche. And you, and what that allows is you it allows you to explore more and more in your reading and writing. So and some of that is like budgetary constraints because the less it, the less participatory the form of entertainment, the more it takes to produce. For example, I'm recording a podcast and a U, which is also a YouTube video, which means I need two things. I, I need a bunch of things. I need a computer capable of rendering video and recording audio and rendering audio. I need you know, connection to the internet. I need all these different things to make this thing to give your ear holes or your eyeballs. But of manga basically requires pen and paper in order to draw the, like, actual manga. And then you get it to a publisher and they approve it and blah, 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 blah. Manga industry nut stuff. But... The amount of money that is required to the amount of money and time required to produce, say, a feature, a season of anime, or a feature-length film, or even a podcast, is a lot. Like you're going to listen to this for roughly about thirty minutes. I have to record thirty minutes, and if you hear me like pausing and thinking, it's because I'm like constantly processing that like a computer in my head. And A, not everybody has time for that, but B, if you spent that much time, you'd want a big audience. And not that manga kind of don't spend a huge amount of time on their work, but the time they spend is disproportionate to the time taken to enjoy it. In in either direction. It, like, they could spend no time and it takes somebody a long time to read it. 
or they could spend tons of time and take somebody no time to read it. And the like niche and the niche value and the value add comes with a big requirement. You have to not only pay for it, that's true of all entertainment, but you have to actually have take the time, sit down, and read the thing. And for so many anime and for so many manga, there are work be, be for so many mangaka, their work being ad adapted into anime is like a huge deal because they're someone is taking the work they did and lowering the bar for it's to access it because right now the there's a if there's a really good manga if it's incredible so let's take actually i just saw a story on like cbr or something about oshinoko's manga sales skyrocketing oshinoko has as a story has probably existed for a while at least six months before we all before the internet kind of saw it and was like, oh, this is incredible. But it, the requirement of it was, okay, you have to buy this manga, you have to read it, you have to have time to read it, and you have to keep up with it. The most require, required of anime at this point is you need a subscription to assumedly Crunchyroll, or in Oshinoko's case, High Dive, and you need to keep up with it. Those are the two requirements. And yes, you need to sit down and you need to watch the thing, but that, like, that is a much lower bar than you need to, like, sit in a quiet place and read this book or ebook, whatever you will. And that, like, increase of accessibility led to an increase in sales of the manga because now you've gotten people invested in the story and they can't wait. So they go out and they buy, they look up where, where is this episode in the manga timeline? They go out and they start reading it. I've done that a bunch of times. I did that with Tokyo Revengers. And my great curse is oftentimes I will find a manga like a full year before most other people do. Then all of a sudden other people find it and it gets an adaptation. I'm like, oh, interesting, weird. Um, I, the one of the big ones I had that with was I was just reading Fire Force on vacation in Italy for like a while, like six months before everybody was like, hey, so you remember, so have you ever heard of Fire Force? No, great. It's going to be the next big thing. And it a little was for a while, like it got pretty popular, but it was also, it's weird in the same way that Soul Eater was weird. So <laughs> it didn't, it didn't do like the it didn't do like Dragon Ball Z numbers, absolutely, but still. And so what I'm saying here is that there's a huge chance that you are missing in some way a like great stories in manga form because the the buy-in is so much higher that the that basically the expected profit off of those things is significantly lower that there's just less people watch it watching what's going on in there and yes like being a manga is incredibly 
competitive and you know people flail out and burn out all the time but you also get wild wild stories you get stuff that wouldn't work in anime so uh Few week, a couple episodes ago, I talked about Drops of God. Drops of God was a, like, renowned manga before it was the Apple TV original big glossy production that it is. And making that as an Apple TV original makes a lot of sense because it works as a manga, but there's no huge reason to make it into an anime. And let me pause here. I... I was I went to go see Elemental the at the the day before recording this, um, which was on Friday because I'm recording this on, um, sat on Saturday, but I saw the trailer for the new Disney movie Wish, and the first thing out of my mouth was "Do it by hand, you cowards," and what I meant there is the last Disney hand animated film I'm pretty sure with Princess and the Frog and they made a huge deal out of animating that by hand and it was beautiful and I also from what I understand it was also like not as successful as they wanted it to be it was also the first straight up black like African American Disney princess which rules but they kind of never did that again and at this point, what they're doing is they're making movies that could be absolutely stunning and amazing hand-animated films like Wish. You go see the trailer for Wish, and like if you made that by hand, you could rock people the way that the original Beauty and the Beast fucking rocked people. You could make more people in 30 years like me if you did that. I'm sure that's what the effects of Princess and the Frog were. Like, that that movie made more animators in this world. <laughs> Same thing with Beauty and the Beast. If you've ever seen the Memorial Hosoda movie, You, that movie is just him coming to terms with the fact that he's probably watched Beauty and the Beast one too many times in his life because he has small children. It's wild. He recreates the ballroom scene from that movie shot for shot with different textures. Incredible. And also, like, you... At this point with all of these... And this isn't the point of this, but I just saw Elemental and it's stuck in my head because that movie is like, what if we made the Calcifer, what if we made all the scenes from Calcifer into a lady and also we named this rando side character Ghibli so like you can't escape, you can't escape your own mind prison, you weirdo. <laughs> Those were specifically like very much like we see you motherfuckers who know John Lasseter attributed meeting his wife to Princess Mononoke. Like, full on. But, the... The thing I saw after that movie is like, I bet the concept art for this is 
insane. It's so cool. I bet, I bet Pixar animators were lighting fires at random for months. This seems so cool. And they kind of got there, but it's still CGI. It's still not as, exp as expressive of human creativity as a hand-animated thing could have been. And also, it's still Pixar's house style, which in a world with, like, the Spider-Verse has affected the way that even the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies look. It just was like, I, do this by hand, you cowards. And the reason you and the reason why I just went through all that is not just to be pedantic, but the reason why you do hand animation, the reason why you take a tome like Akira and you make the movie Akira. Is because you can knock it out of the park. You can do things that would be so mind-bending, especially at the time, to do in with special effects that you just like your imagination runs wild. Because if you can draw it, you can if you can draw it and you can conceive of how it would move, you can animate it. And with the kind of push towards CGI, it takes so much more work. The push towards 3D anime, it takes so much more work to make that stuff work than if you just drew it. And look at something like um, Netflix's Knights of Sidonia. You look at that, and you look at original 1980s Gundam... And 1980s Gundam looks sick. And Knights of Sidonia feels weird in comparison. <laughs> the reason why I'm saying this is because... The, I think the reason that the manga of Drops of God wasn't adapted... And I talked about this in the original episode. So you can go, you can go, watch, you can go listen to that using the link in the description of this video. Or if you're listening on the device that you're listening on right now on the app that you're using to listen to me in that feed it is a couple episodes back so you can definitely go find it but the reason that you would make something into an anime is because it has potential to take full advantage of the medium that's why you would make it move in the first place but the reason that drops of god skipped over the anime and just did a live live action adaptation is because it didn't it didn't really need any of the anime any of the any of the things that make the medium of animation thrive. It didn't need a ton of surrealism. And the surrealism that it did need they could they did with really great live action footage. And that makes it a perfect story to skip over that what is often that middle part of an anime adaptation and go straight into a high-end live-action thing, which I encourage you to check out just because it's a it's a it's an interesting, neat 
weird, cool story that spans two countries and a lot of money and a lot of wine and all that stuff. But the point here is that Drops of God went unadapted for many, many years. And it just didn't, like, it didn't, it didn't, no one felt the need to adapt it because it was a great story, but it was not a great story that would lend itself to making a big, bombastic, beautiful, like, at in the, in in these times, shonen action show, because that's so much of what's coming out. And yes, there are, you know, romance shows, there are robot shows, there are all these shows that you can go find, but the big money makers are shonen action shows. Hell's Paradise, Jujutsu Kaisen, you know, My Hero Academia. These are things that people plan because they will be hits. Even something like Spy X, Spy X Family was planned because it had such a because it had a built-in fan base and they knew they could make it awesome. Whereas something like I think it's called Replay, which is about two, which is about a aspiring DJ who meets a visual an aspiring visual artist. And they become a lesbian couple and, like, play shows. That's so weird and so niche. The, like, you kind of don't need to make that. Like, you, you wouldn't make that thing because the audience wouldn't expect it to be made. Would people love if it was made? Yes. Would I, what did I love? That they made a, like, not great, but passable anime for Beck, Mongolian Chop Squad? Absolutely. I loved it, but also that's a, and that's also a musical story. It's about music, but if you read that manga, your mind melts because it, it's so much more in its manga form than it is in any way in its anime form. And I'm not saying that you have to go read manga. I'm not implying that, but I am saying that you could... You could be missing out. You could find stories that you wouldn't find in just your typical seasonal anime or even the anime that's even out there. Because, once again, the active requirement of entertainment makes it more and more niche. If you look at... And it doesn't make them any more profitable. You know, books are still around for a reason. Comic books and manga are still around for a reason. They make profit clearly but if you look at say something like the medium of video game which required oftentimes buying watching reading and physical playing you get wild stories in video games because the requirement is so granular that if you're willing that people are like, okay, that sounds like a good story. Like, yes, there are huge shooter games and there are games people know will be million dollar hits like Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom or, you know, Dead Space or whatever. But there are also really weird little niche stories like, like the Umarangi generation or any kind of indie game that are just doing things 
at the behest of the audience because they know that because or at least they hope that they can get the audience to buy in because the audience has already bought in because they like just the mechanics like the mechanics of playing the game I think the probably closest thing you will ever get to re to the experience of reading a really niche weird little manga in the form of animation or even anime is anime shorts compilations like or even an short anime and compilation animation films like or series like Love Death and Robots or like like the uh, like like ha like ha I think it's called like like little heroes from um from Studio Ponok. These are like tiny microbursts of things, or or I think it's one called Stories from a couple of years ago, or um Memories even is a great another great short anime short animation, and people revere those. And the reason that people revere those is because. You're basically giving somebody like Osamu Tezuka, or um, not Osamu Tezuka, Katsuhiro Otomo, just a, a blank check to do with what he wants in terms of time. They, they say, okay, you've got seven minutes, <laughs> or you've got ten minutes. Do whatever you want. Here's, here's the loose overarching theme. Do whatever you want. And that will, and in that case, you don't need to care about the quality of the thing because it's going in a big vat with a bunch of other things. And does that mean the quality will be bad? No, but it gives the creative mind more freedom to just do their best to knock it out of the park in whatever way they please. Whereas if you're making an anime and it's 12 episodes, at the very least, or, or at least in most cases, and it's like 10 grand an episode, that's a lot of money. Like, it has to make some kind of sense, hopefully. And the big messes can take down whole studios, where if you're a mangaka and you make a manga that has low but consistent circulation... You can do, like, it, it, it's fine. Like, people people keep reading it. It will stay in the pages of whatever manga month, of what whatever manga monthly is published until it gets so low that, like, people voted out or people didn't buy it when it was on the cover or whatever. And you do see that. You see, um, like, I think Moyashiman, not Moyashiman, um, although also Moyashiman, there are some manga that just don't do well. They just don't, they just don't, that are too strange. Or, the and the other thing about manga that is bad, it is dependent on one person. So, notoriously the creator of The Gray Man was so, had, was in such bad health that I think it was a she, I think they were a she, she could not draw. And the her art is, if you can go look it up, is incredible. It is beyond beautiful. But it would take her years to complete a chapter. Sometimes a chapter, 
a chapter it wouldn't be a chapter sometimes you would get a page a splash page and fans have really flipped on this they are no longer demanding that their creators work themselves to death they are telling them to take their time that are happy for what they get and they like they they live with the reality of oh this creator just isn't can't get it out today and the and that's good because like the creator of Yu Yu Hakusho burnt himself out so hard creating Yu Yu Hakusho that he was never the same again and he is now creating Hunter Hunter I forget his name I want to use K use Kamarada, but I don't think that's right. But he burned himself out so hard on that that he never recovered. And so he's doing his fucking best. And the, and the internet went from demanding that he give them more Yu Yu Hakusho. Uh, the world went from demanding that to, if you fucking touch this man, we will hunt you for sport. <laughs> And it's such a great thing because the influencers have like shifted and they've understood that you can't, these people aren't machines. The reason why we love their creativity is part and parcel with them taking their time to do it well. And a lot of that came from the era of the weekly shonen anime where you just... got an episode every week and people were working themselves to the bone and like Kishimoto was making so much Naruto that he went off his rocker and this is this is the thing about all art is you don't have to suffer for to create great art in fact if you do and you burn yourself out entirely there will be no more creating. So um, there's a really famous fashion designer called Yisan Moran. And he's actually, Mor he's from Morocco. Like I've been to his estate in Morocco. And one thing people say about him is that he was too fragile for the, for the, for the, for the fashion world and possibly the world world. And people also say that about Alexander McQueen. But the reality is that it's not necessarily that artists are too fragile. It's that what they create oftentimes becomes so valuable to people that they demand more. And if you read that demand wrong, it puts so much pressure on you that you, like, you are nervous about performing because you can't perform, which makes you nervous about performing. And it becomes a vicious cycle. And that's, that's the that's the real journey of reading manga especially especially some of the more popular manga is just the writers are going to write it when they write it it's not going to come out on like a scheduled thing and the pandemic was a huge reminder of that in the anime in the an on the anime side of things because stuff got super delayed like shows started it got three episodes in and were like oh fuck we have no more show we need to cut it and run it back and like do this all over in six months see ya bye 
In manga, that is a much more standard practice, a much more accepted practice. And like I started this particular show out with, if you're not, if like manga is not your thing, do not feel bad. I'm not saying you should read more manga. I am, if anything, saying I should read more manga. I'm terrible at reading manga. I read like a chapter. I'm like, I love this. And then I never go back to it. But there's a possibility that you could be, that you could find great stories there. You could have fun. You could have as much fun as you have with anime. And on that note, um, if you like this episode, new episodes of the show, of the Sunday edition, come out every other Sunday. If you want to hear more of me, um, not see more of me, but hear more of me, the link to subscribe to the podcast is in the description of this video. You can also like and subscribe. And don't forget to ring the bell so you'll get notified whenever there's a new video out. But if you are listening to this and you're like, what is that? That means that it is not only a podcast, but the Sunday editions are now a YouTube video. So you can go to the description of this podcast episode and you'll, there'll be a little link for you to go check out the YouTube page. I have been Alex. This has been Lunchbox Radio Sunday edition. And I will talk to you on Thursday.